pretends to be useful, but never is. It doesn't provide you more information or insight. It just keeps you spinning and stuck. The way to stop worrying is by making a commitment, a decision. You can actually just make a decision in a minute. You can commit, decide, and follow through on your plan. It's just a series of commitments to yourself and decisions. Now, it's sensible and rational to waver in that decision to that commitment because you want to make sure you're on the quote-unquote right path, but you're always making decisions under uncertainty. Once you've reasoned from first principles, you've asked why at least five times, you can literally just commit and decide to do that thing and make that decision right. That transformation can happen in a day, in an hour, in 10 minutes. There's this idea of a 10-year plan. And some folks say, well, take your 10-year plan and make it a six-month plan. Well, I say take your six-month plan and make it a 10-day plan. Whatever it is, you're deciding to do it or not. When you think about pushing the can down the road, that decision is a commitment to yourself to not move forward towards that end. You can't actually just decide with certainty, with finality, today, that whatever it is, it's done. This becomes who you are. You become someone who makes commitments and decides with certainty and follows through. When you begin to build that relationship with yourself, you become unshakable in your belief with a sense of commitment and integrity with what you say you'll do. I had an interesting experience with my boyfriend. We were in an argument, we were in a fight, and it felt dramatic and deep, and the stakes felt high in that moment. There was definitely some fight or flight being activated. And I noticed my brain wanting to flee to safety and escape. And so sometimes that can look like shutting down or not saying what's on my mind. I had this moment of awareness, though. There was one sentence, one thought that was underpinning the drama, underpinning this fight, this argument, which was a question of, will we be together or not? Are we committed? Are we decided on each other, on being together? And what I realized when I verbalized this is that in the ultimate sense, when we have decided with certainty in our commitment, if, say, one of us wants to travel or one of us wants to see the show and the other doesn't, the only issue with that surface level disagreement might be is if you make it mean something foreboding or challenging about the relationship, something bad or wavering about its outcome. When you make a commitment to someone else, to yourself, there's no space for the worry, for the doubt, for the overwhelm to take over and cloud your judgment because your brain is locked in to that commitment. We're in a world where many constants have become variables. New technologies have altered what we previously assumed we had a stable, 
unwavering commitment to. And this may seem incredibly unnerving and increase levels of fear. But when you train yourself to have commitment to decisions you make for and with yourself, and then you expand that scope to your person, to your spouse, and so on and so forth, what you've done in a sense is cultivated the constant that is your commitment to you. Now, broadening that scope to the mission or purpose or cause beyond yourself that you are committed to keeps you grounded and keeps you certain that no matter what changes along the way, your decision to follow through hasn't. Now, the fact that you can just decide in this moment does not mean you should or have to, or the fact that you haven't means something is wrong with you. It does mean, though, that whatever you're thinking of now, whatever you're debating about, deciding, thinking, whatever question or indecision thing you're weighing between, take a moment now, pause, and reflect. If you could wave your magic wand and live your ideal, exact, dream life, if you knew you would be safe and okay and life would be amazing either way, in this moment, what is it you would decide? You can actually just commit to that knowing, to that decision, and expect the presence of fear, of doubt, of discomfort, Expect all of it. Expect not to want to do it in those moments. Expect the commitment to be tested. But you can actually learn to train your mind and show that you are in charge, that that commitment is unwavering no matter the circumstance. Sometimes your work is just to keep going once you've made that commitment and decision with yourself. We know we underestimate what we can achieve in a year and overestimate what we can achieve in a day. And sometimes in order to show yourself that it is working, you just need to keep ensuring you don't compare your starting point to someone else's endpoint and keep yourself in a cycle of not moving or taking any action. I want you to offer yourself a minimum baseline activity. Take five minutes a day. I was working with a client who happened to be a real athlete. She was a former pro trainer and outside of her business life was lifting for many years, had a routine of lifting for five days in the gym. She had a very specific nutrition and coach and everything was finessed exactly down to the T. Now, this client came with a story with a belief about COVID and the lockdowns and that due to all these things, she was thrown off the wagon. And she spiraled into not working out, into gaining weight, losing her agility, stopping physical training. What happened was she got caught in this misery and spinning and stuck in inaction because she had a perfectionist fantasy, having been highly accomplished, highly achieved, incredibly successful in her career and professional life. And that turned into nothing. Because there was a fundamental confusion about one thing. The infinite gap is between zero and one, doing nothing and something. The person who reads five minutes a day, 
the person who brushes their teeth for five minutes a day, the person who meditates for five minutes a day, the person who walks outside for five minutes a day, the person who writes their book for five minutes a day. That's a person who, after a year of doing five minutes a day, has done more than 1,800 minutes of that thing. That is the infinite gap between the zero and the 1%. That's the confusion. We think the infinite gap is between doing everything and doing something. No, it's between doing nothing and doing something. Now, it's very easy and tempting to rationalize and think through all the pitfalls that lead to procrastination, lead to avoidance, the perfectionist fantasies that lead to inaction and spinach and spinning and punishing and bullying yourself for not getting what you want done. But I want you to do this one practical thing to snap out of this, because chances are you already have this awareness. You already have this recognition that what you're doing is not serving you. It's not moving you forward. Whatever the area, whatever the part of life this is, whatever your story about how you've cultivated that success in the past, consider this. I want you to take five minutes and write down your plan for today to do five minutes of that thing in a very thoughtful, loving, and caring manner. So let's say, again, we take the example of the client who used to be a pro lifter, a pro trainer. So you're going to take five minutes, you can even pause this podcast, set a timer on your phone, and block into your calendar, okay? After your commitments at home or at work, whatever it might be. Let's say it'll be 8.30 at night. And let's say this is in the fitness context. We're going to put your gym pants on. We're going to put the gym shoes on. You're going to pick up your keys. You're going to pick up the water bottle. You're going to pack your bag. And at 8.35, you're going to be walking to the gym. We're going to put the stuff in the lockers. You're going to break it down step by step. You're going to do three stretches by 8.45. And you're only allowed to do three sets of two reps of one exercise. That's it. You're only allowed to do five minutes of lifting. Again, apply this to any part of life, any project, any impossible goal that you're working towards. Okay? By 8.45, you're going to go back to the locker, get your stuff, and shower by 8.50, and a five-minute walk back home. That's it. When you do that, you will celebrate the fuck out of yourself in the final five minutes of what you've achieved, because what you've achieved is renormalizing and training and showing your brain that this is who you are. This is your, and I, this is your identity. You are an athlete. You are someone who cares for your physical well-being. You are someone who works out. Whatever the case may be for you, this may be making offers, maybe going on dates, building the business, whatever it might be, five-minute call to action, a five-minute activity planned out in painstaking, simple, basic detail, written down in your calendar. If there's transportation involved, if there's a commute involved, if there's a transition involved, we book that in very explicitly and clearly. And tell me what comes up for you. Tell me how this goes for you. Tell me what it looks like, how it feels to know you're only allowed to do five minutes of that thing, that thing you've been avoiding and ruminating about and worrying about for a while. 
to schedule it, to write it down, to follow through, to celebrate the fuck out of yourself for it. This is the absolute infinite accomplishment of zero to one to restore and normalize that identity for you. Even when you don't know what the result will be, even when your brain tells you you don't know how, sometimes just showing up and doing it enough is better than not doing it at all. Your brain gives a lot of stock, a lot of weight to statements that follow I am or I. And your brain is fighting between the version of yourself by default that you were and the version of yourself that you want to be and become. You can think of it like a prosecutor or defense attorney, building evidence, building a rap sheet for the case of the version of yourself you are becoming. So tell me your worst ideas, right? Write down, pull out a piece of paper or your notes app on your phone. Tell me your 10 worst ideas for whatever area it is you're working on. Maybe your 10 worst ideas to create value for the client. Your 10 worst ideas for the book proposal. Your 10 worst ideas for meeting the love of your life. Your 10 worst ideas for pursuing that leadership venture, for running that campaign, for starting that nonprofit. Tell me your 10 worst ideas for that. Write those down. What are the core assumptions of how that thing is currently done and what exactly are their opposites? The brain gives so much stock, so much weight to the I am statements. I am a warrior. I am a happy person. I am a wealthy person. I am a failure. I am a raging success. Your brain will go to work to prove that true, whatever identity statement you feed it. So take a pause and think, what are your identity statements if you think about yourself today? Now, know this as well. Your success is a decision that is obvious to you in some parts of life. And your brain will expand to fill the space with drama that you give it. So if you have unstructured time, if you have space for boredom, your brain will find smaller and smaller problems to fill because it wants a mountain to climb. It wants a problem to chew on. It needs something to transcend. It needs something to evolve towards. That's the adaptive function of worry filling in that space. And so sometimes the issue is you're just not working towards a goal that is big enough for your potential. If you're incredibly successful, you've achieved a lot, you're incredibly accomplished, and you feel anxious or worried or unfulfilled, you haven't yet specified those goals, quantified them. How exactly will you know when you've met them and by when? Your brain will create a problem on the other side either way. Your brain's ability to problem solve, this problem solving capacity is an ever expanding muscle. And so you go through life and you solve problems. And if you don't put it to work, it'll create a problem that size. Now, what are the reasons this matters in the context of the mission and purpose and the why beyond yourself is that one of the most selfish things you can do if you have a genius or ability to serve or create value in the world in a bigger way is to deprive other people of that value for reasons of false humility 
or some other moral justification for why you should play small or hide or hedge or reconsider. If you have some inkling, some desire to give or serve or create in a bigger way, that is your truth. And if you have the ability and capacity to do that instead of the pretend theater that you don't actually want that thing, that you shouldn't, that you're okay without it, that it doesn't even matter, no. Know that it is the most selfish thing ever to not give, create at that highest level. We have a moral encoding, a moral socialization that says, well, don't get too big for your britches. Don't fly too close to the sun. But if you have that pulling inside you, it is, in fact, the most selfish thing to hold that in and not share it in a bigger way, on a bigger stage, in a scalable way. Your brain always wants a problem to chew on. And you get to choose the problem that you feed it. Worry is robbing you of your life and dreams. Make a commitment to decide and take consistent, uninterrupted, minimum viable action. And that's how you'll see it through. If you like this podcast, please rate, like, and subscribe. And if you want personalized, tailored help at the master level, applying the tools in this podcast to unlocking a thousand X transformation in your life and leadership today, head to jonathanherzogcoach.com to book a free one-hour coaching trial call today. Mm -hmm.